you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, November 29th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. They are the co-hosts of the NFL Explained podcast. One is a former NFL player and a Super Bowl champion. The other is a former neighborhood hoops legend. What neighborhood, you ask? I won't say. I can't say. You've got to make of, that sound way more pumped up for Yams. For reasons okay? of fact-checking and plausible deniability, they are two mics. They are two truth seekers. They are two highly valued assets around here. They are Mike Robb and Mike Yam. Gentlemen, welcome back. What's happening? What's no, happening? No, 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 no. I am, I, I'm moving forward here. I'm not dressed like I'm going to do the show. What I need to start doing is wear a Smedium shirt so that before you start hitting the record button, you'll say, Mike Yam, not Mike Robb, has muscles. <laughs> Let's just say we are starting the show off on the wrong foot when, when that's the pre-record conversation. Well, on today's show, we will examine the merits and credentials of Mike Yam's physique. And there you go. We will examine the merits and credentials of every team that is currently mugging for the camera in the AFC playoff picture. Let's get right to it, gentlemen. Are you ready? Let's go. Extra small shirts moving forward. Extra small, <laughs> beginning with the we AFC top seed, <laughs> Kansas City. Kelsey stretches out for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. A great run after the catch by the best tight end in National Football League history. Okay, guys, they are 9-2. and two. They are on a five-game winning streak. They face the Bengals in Cincinnati in week 13. Two questions. Question number one. Why will this team make yet another run to the Super Bowl? Mike, Rob, you get the first shot at this one. Uh, why will the Kansas City Chiefs make another run to a Super Bowl? Um, number one, because of the growth and maturity from their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I know we, we talk about every single week the arm angles uh, that this guy throws the football from. He has one of the, one of the top talented arms in the National Football League. 
And I, quite honestly, guys, I thought with uh, Tyreek Hill not being here, I thought this offense would be affected a lot yeah. more than what we're seeing. And the growth and maturity that we've seen from Patrick Mahomes is the fact that he's, he's, gonna, he's taking what the defense gives him. He's not forcing the ball 20 yards downfield. And I think he's not doing it because you don't have that explosive threat, right? Like, you can't throw it down there if you don't have a guy like Tyreek Hill. So it, it just forces your offense to play a little bit differently. And now the coverage dictator is the tight end. And to me, that's a little bit different when the coverage dictator is the tight end because the tight end blocks, right? And so you think about a coverage dictator – to a tight end, right? The defense, all, you know, uh, uh, from a passing standpoint, their attention goes to the tight end, yet at the end of the day, the tight end can also be the point guy in, in, in the run game as well. And that's another part of the growth I've seen from this Kansas City Chiefs team. Andy Reid calling the run and the emergence of this kid, Isaiah Pacheco, man. I mean, I call him a passion back because when he runs the football, the defense gets off the, off the, uh, you know, off the bench. You see Chris Jones start looking like, oh, you know, watch out, Steve's back. No, let, let me watch this guy run oh, the football. That. Like, that is the type of back that I think this offense needed uh, to kind of talk Patrick Mahomes and to stop taking those shots downfield and feel comfortable turning around, handing the football off because he knows his offense is going to eat. The, the very act of evolution in biological world history requires challenge, requires conditions that are actually challenging to the organism that is forced to evolve. That is exactly what Michael Robinson is talking about. That is exactly what we are seeing in a Kansas City Chiefs offense. Without Tyreek Hill, what did they do? They diversified. They widened their scope. They arguably got better. That argument has been lucidly made right now. Why is Michael Robinson right? So I think Emrod makes a lot of good points, and I don't think he sold enough of Andy Reid because I think that that is definitely a factor, and I know he made reference to it. What's sort of fascinating is I do think about this running game with Pacheco, and it's almost like a foregone conclusion now that that's just this element that this offense now has. I take it a step further. There were conversations we had before the season about hero ball for Patrick Mahomes. And, and hell, the, you, you and I have these conversations on Total Access. And when we had them, yeah. there was usually a note of concern Oh, attached. yeah, it wasn't a good thing. Like, it wasn't something that we said, oh, Mahomes is magic. Like, I kept saying, well, damn, I'm a fan, man. I, I love watching <laughs> some of the hero ball because it's really cool. But to Rob's point, because he's done it and he's won a Super Bowl, like, that's not always the recipe for success. And you had some concerns, as did Willie, about his ability to fit into this offense. And I think it's been on full display. So, I'm it, look... I know the other part of this question is why they won't get there. There are way more arguments for this team to get back to a Super Bowl and win than there are on the flip side. One of the stats that jumped out to me, I saw it on the broadcast in their last game, that rather convincing win, although they didn't put a lot of points on the board in Week 12, was the fact that this team has nine players with 150 or more receiving yards. That's only been done one other time in NFL history. And the team to do it, Eagles, under the direction of... Andy Reid. Crazy to think what Mike Robb is talking about is actually true, that there was room for Patrick Mahomes to grow, a place for him to ascend to, a way in which he could get better, and yet he has. What's the one thing you are seeing from him that tells you what I believe, let's go with this as an affirmative, that he is in fact the MVP of the league this year? (laughs) <laughs> Apologies to Jalen Hurts, who we will talk about tomorrow. But let's, mm-hmm. let's make the case for Patrick Mahomes. Why is he the MVP? I, I, I would just say this. Tariq Hill was like Patrick's guy. And I know, uh, I know Travis Kelsey is too. But when we talk about a, a guy on the outside with that speed like that, like he affects so many different parts of your offense. What makes Patrick Mahomes the MVP this year, I would say look at these other quarterbacks 
void their number one guy. Look at Aaron Rodgers right now without Devontae Adams. What's going on right there without Devontae Adams? Let's look at... I mean, um, we're, that's we're a smooth turn sailing the, ship. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly, what exactly are you suggesting? We're ready to turn page on, on his career at this point. That's asking what I'm about saying. Jordan Love, yeah. Asking about Jordan Love. I mean, uh, who else? Um, oh, let's see, let's, let's see, you know, our thoughts on tour with a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Look that's at exactly how much right. of a difference he exactly made right. there. Uh, let, let, let's check out some more. Um, uh, uh, Tom Brady with the fact that, you know, Chris Godwin was hurt a little bit earlier. He didn't look good, great earlier. Mike Evans dropping some passes, not looking like his number one guy. Again, you don't see quarterbacks better when their number one receiver is gone. And to me, Just that, ask Ryan Tannehill. Just ask Ryan Tannehill. Again, oh, A.J. Brown, I forgot all about that. Ryan Tannehill. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Look at this offense without A.J. Brown. Oh, and look at the Philadelphia Eagles offense with, with an A.J. Brown. Brown. That's with exactly an A.J. Right. Brown. So, again, I say all that to say I know I'm a Josh Allen guy, but right now in this junction of the season, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. The stats for the Kansas City Chiefs offense are simply astonishing. Yards per game, first in the NFL. Yards per play, first in the NFL, along with passing yards per game. Wow. And I feel like they're doing it like in the background. Like, we're not, it's not like we're sitting here making this the number one story every single week. It's almost like we kind of get tired. We, we just get used to them just being successful. So and conclusion, being, they'll do it. That they're going to that they're gonna do it. Um, it's just one of those things. First man. downs cool. per game, they are number one. Third down percentage completion in the NFL, they are number one. Fourth down percentage. We don't necessarily associate Reed as a risk taker, not when you compare him to like a Brandon Staley or some of these other guys. And yet there they are second in the NFL. And of course, the stat perhaps, Mike's that matter the most, they are number one in the NFL in terms of scoring offense. It's not a risk if you if you can game plan it up to make yeah. sure it's successful. OK, you show <laughs> me something perfect and I will show you something imperfect. So let's take the other side of this, as difficult as it may be to find. Why won't the Kansas City Chiefs do exactly what we just said they will do. Mike Yam, first shot at this one. So let me preface this by saying you want to talk. I knew the question was going to be asked, so we have to come up with reasons why the Chiefs won't <laughs> I don't get think there. I got it anyway, and it's man. not the easiest thing in the No, game. it isn't. But, but look, also, I'm looking for a weakness. I'm looking yeah. for a vulnerability. Can you see one? And if so, no, what is no it? No doubt. I'll give you three things. Number one, while we can love up Pacheco in the running game, mm -hmm. it's not exactly like I'm watching – the Eagles running attack, like, schematically. So, like, there is something to be said for the consistency at which Pacheco can run. Is it something that's keeping me up at night? No, but we're asked for reasons, right? That would be mm -hmm. one. Number two, we have loved up Patrick Mahomes for the first few minutes of this podcast talking about his life without Tyreek Hill. Rob, you've played in the postseason. You've won a championship. You know, I've heard Willie talk about this almost every single meeting that we have for Total Access. Hey, when I was at the Patriots, we game plan specifically for the opponent. Playoff football is a little bit different. You're not always going to get the teams that aren't the best in the league. Your playoff squad, you're pretty good. I just wonder what happens in some of those critical moments. I didn't anticipate the offense looking this good without Tyreek. You, you could have told me it would have, and I wouldn't have fought you to the death on it. What I was worried about was postseason play, critical situations to have – a guy like Tyreek be the ultimate difference maker. To me, that's a little bit of a concern. And while you can make the case Mahomes is the MVP, I actually think there's a real case Tyreek Hill could be in that conversation mm. as well. He doesn't control the ball every single play and yet is controlling the outcome of games for the Miami Dolphins maybe as a higher rate than any non-quarterback other than Justin Jefferson, who I think has also got to be in that mix as well. So 
to me, how much do you miss Tyreek Hill? And then effectively, are they as balanced as some of the other premier teams in the NFL? And I don't think the answer is yes. Okay, Mike Robb, Mike Yam has made a rather rather lucid argument. Do you buy it? I do buy it. He hit it right on the head. He hit it right on the head. I think about that divisional round game that everybody's talked about against my Buffalo Bills where we left 13 seconds. And you ask yourself, you take Tyreek Hill out of that game, do they win that game? And I I can't sit here with assurance and say that they do. That is when you're missing a guy like that. That's when it that's when it shows in games where the other team can score too. in games where you're dealing with another quarterback comparable to a Patrick Mahomes. To me, that's when we're going to see the true test of this offense in this team. The stats suggest that there may be a weakness in red zone efficiency in terms of defense. Mm -hmm. They are actually dead last in the NFL. When teams get in the red zone against the Chiefs, they score at a higher rate than against any other team in the NFL. They are 29th in goal-to-go efficiency, again, on the defensive side. We saw a Kansas City Chiefs team win a Super Bowl with a bend-not-break defense. That number suggests that they bend and occasionally, maybe too often, they break. But again, when you're a defense only allowing 22 points per game, but you're scoring upwards of over 30, I know close to over 30, it's one of those things that's necessary evil you yeah. might have to deal with. That's a good point. I'm no mathematician, but that seems to be, <laughs> that seems to be in their favor. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
We turn now to the second seed in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins. Tua looking, flips it downfield, wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! He beat him by seven or eight yards. Just flew by him. They are eight and three. They are also on a five-game winning streak. And yes, gentlemen, the spotlight is very fond of Tua and Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, who we just talked about. But Mike Rob, I know you have an affection for what Mike McDaniel is doing with Messrs. Mostert and Wilson. Why will this team win? the AFC East. It's difficult for you as a Bills no, Mafia I'm not president to they answer that question. We are going to take okay. that. We're going to take that as the premise. <laughs> Tell me why they will. Man, look. I'm uh, about to ask you why they won't, so be ready for your answer there. I know. I know, man. But, I mean, when you're a team that, that wants to run the football, like I know Mike McDaniel's team, they want to do, it's about having space in your offense. And when you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the outside, I just, you can't press them. They're too fast. They're too quick. And then uh, Tua gets the ball out with so much timing and anticipation that it's almost hard to even get pressure on him. And, and, I, and I know you asked me about the run game, and I'm talking about guys on the outside because the reason why the run game is able to work because you can almost anticipate how the defense is going to react to those guys. So, you know what I mean? You can, you, you, you can scheme up great run schemes because you know where guys are going to be because these guys are so fast on the outside, you can't hide anything. You can't, you know, defenses want to be able to hide and disguise things so that the, the, the offensive play caller and the, and the quarterback and the skill guys don't get a tell on what they're doing. But when you have so much speed on the outside, defensive backs like, oh, no, the hell with me trying to act like I'm, I'm pressing and I'm going to bail. He may run past me, so I'm going to sit at 10, 12 yards. This is where I'm going to be, uh, offensive play caller. So now you know where I'm going to be. You're Mike McDaniel. You can scheme up um, the run game pretty easily that way. And, again, it, to me it's all about, again, Getting the space in this offense and then playing bully ball when, you, when that space is created, I think uh, this offense does a great job of that. I think it's funny. When we talk about Tua and Jalen and Tyreek, you start to kind of conjure up an image in your head of a nuanced, sophisticated, elegant, balletic, and, of course, very fast engine kind of team. And yet, Mike, you alluded to it. This is a team that is a lot more physical than people give them mm-hmm. credit for yeah. being. Mike Yam, let's take that as a thumbs up for the Miami Dolphins. Give me the thumbs down. Why won't they win the AFC East? And don't say because of the Bills. That's too easy. (laughs) Okay. um, That's what my notes said. No, no. Um, Look, everyone talks about speed on the offensive side. Here's what I'll tell you. On the defensive side, can you get some of those critical stops when you need it? And I can circle back to the conversation we had on the Chiefs. That team's going to outscore you. You gave the red zone numbers for them. I don't know what they are for Miami. You gave it to us from a Kansas City perspective. I actually don't think either – I don't think the Dolphins' defense gets enough credit for what it's done this season. That said, I still think that there's some unknowns here against some of the premier teams when the postseason comes around. I feel really confident that their offense is going to be able to keep pace up with everyone. In fact, I think most teams in the AFC playoff picture will have to keep up pace with them. I think on the flip side is those critical stops in the playoffs, that's my biggest question. It's not to say they can't get it done. It's just the biggest question looming for me. Let me throw you the softball. Uh, I'll ask you the same question. Mike Robb, why won't the Miami Dolphins win the AFC East? Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, man. They're the top team in the AFC East. I don't care about all that speed that I just gave Tua all that credit for for having on the outside with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. This is still, this division still will go through 
the Buffalo Bills, and it's gonna and it's gonna hinge on whether Josh Allen can be patient enough and take what the defense gives him. Just as we just talked about uh, Patrick Mahomes taking that step, I think it's time that we see Josh Allen take that step as well. But when you look at this Miami Dolphins offense, I, I do think that. You know, when they get into the playoffs and they start playing the tougher teams of the AFC, I think their success is going to come down the red zone. Can they, with those smaller receivers, they great speed and all of that, but as the field shrinks and defense is kind of hunkered down, there's not a lot of space to be created for that run game, and now you have to be an even more inaccurate passer. You got to be even more of a tougher guy standing in the pocket as Tua, because I still haven't seen him take those big hits and get up and continue to uh, lead his team throwing. That's one of those things I want to see. I just want to see that red zone offense improve. I think that is a clear picture that he has just painted for us, Mike Yam, because when I envision that, and I envision the difference between a Miami Dolphins team on third and goal at the eight, on a drive that matters, a drive to win a game or tie a game, an important game either late in the regular season or in the playoffs, and compare that to the picture in your head of Josh Allen standing there on third and goal from the eight in the same scenario. You've got a guy in Josh Allen who is ready and willing and able to run the ball and run through that first contact. You have a guy who is tall enough to see over the trees Mm-hmm. to find Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. And in Tua, you don't have either one of those. You don't. Yeah, I, look, you're, you're 100% accurate about it. And it's funny, when you, when you said, hey, it's a first and goal at the eight, I immediately I said third thought, and goal, thanks for goal. listening. <laughs> when, when you say that, it's not like they have Derrick Henry there either. Yeah. But, you know, I'll say this, man. Look, we've seen enough games over the course of the last few seasons where who has the ball last? Can you have enough for that explosive play? Mm. And Miami Dolphins are on the short list. And I know what Mike Robb is saying about sort of those big hits. I'm not one of those guys that questions his toughness because I saw it when he was at Alabama. And I've seen it here at the professional level different than what you're describing. Mm. You know, not to make this a different conversation, but I'll give you an example. Tua was much maligned heading into this season, right? And yet, Mike McDaniel takes over, and look, I wouldn't go as far as to say that Tua is an MVP candidate, but I think some, but some, he is, some might, he, he, right? Yeah, he's like, in that conversation. He's, on, he's not on the short list, but he's on the he's long list. He's on the list, list yes. right? He's on the list. And yet, on the flip side, I watch a guy like Zach Wilson, who, second overall pick, struggles in, in leading his team. Like, Tua's had to go through so many things, and maybe some of the physical stuff, right? He got hurt, that we, the concussion, the whole thing. We've seen those moments from him. But I, I don't think Tua gets enough credit for how tough he is mentally. That whole city was trying to run him out of town. There was conversations about training for Deshaun Watson, you know, a, a year plus ago. And yet he's always said all the right things. Like, I actually, sometimes I get mad about people getting down on him because I, I think he's handled himself better than a large majority of players would in the same exact scenario. Yams, you are 1,000% correct, man. And, you know, uh, kudos to Tua, too, because I was one of those doubters. And I think think the reason why there was doubt and the reason why, uh, you know, we question the toughness is because with a lot of these other top quarterbacks, you can just watch tape and the the ability jumps off. You see it. You see it. You You see see the... The velocity of the football. You can see Josh Allen, his physical presence as he's jumping over a defensive back, standing straight up. Like you can see, you can see their special powers. And to your point, you don't always see when you watch the tape, you you don't always see what Tua's special powers are. But if you look at his career and look at the results... 
his special powers yeah. seem to always show up. That was a, that's a good point, man. And I oh, really appreciate about that. It that way. <laughs> I'm gonna wear a small shirt now, and then we'll really get some love up in this place. Mikey, I'm ready to flex in a small. <laughs> next team, next seed, the third seed in the AFC. It's the AFC South Division leading Tennessee Titans. Puts a move on to the five, stiff arm, dives over the pylon. Touchdown, Titans! That was a man-sized run by the man, Derrick Henry. This is a team defined by two things, a defense created in the image of Mike Vrabel and an offense created in the image of a 12-cylinder truck named <laughs> Derrick Henry. Why will they be the toughest out in the AFC playoffs, Mike Rob? Because I think they're the tough. They're, they're the most physical team yeah. in the AFC. I mean, they play a bully brand of football. The line of scrimmage moves. Like when you watch their offense, even when you watch their defense with Jeffrey Simmons, the line of scrimmage they, they, you can literally see it move in the Tennessee Titans' favor. I mean, there there was a a, a quote. Um, from a post-game speech that Mike Vrabel said a couple weeks ago. He was like, we got something that Bloody nobody else in the league had. Too, yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, I think that's what makes them a tough out in the playoffs. I think that's what that, that's their special power, being physical. But at the end of the day, this team's success is going to come down to Ryan Tannehill. And can he make the plays on the outside without A.J. Brown, who all he wanted was his money to be paid like he should be paid. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> and the fact is, Mike Vrabel had something in the NFL that no one else had yeah. in A.J. Brown. You had A.J. Brown, a dog on the outside. Now, again, again, Mike Vrabel doesn't always make the personnel decisions. That's an upstairs thing. That's a whole upstairs thing. But at the end of the day, the success of this Tennessee Titans team is going to come down to whether Ryan Tannehill can make the enough plays on the outside. Mike Yam, why will they be one and done? I wish you could see my notes. I'll turn my computer around. Can, can Ryan get them over the top? There Who's the is. explosive threat that they have? And I think the answer to why they get in and why they could be on the outside looking in is the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the toughness. I think they are old school playoff built. The toughness, the play defense, run the football. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, and I don't want to sound like the old man, get the ball off my lawn. That's how you that's won how you in won. the postseason. I'd love to say that's how you still win. I don't. For as much as that's an argument to why they can get there, I think that's also an argument why they don't because they don't, they're not doing it the way everyone else is doing right now. And it's not to say you can't win, but it concerns me. You know, are you going to be able to score 30 points in a game? Because you might have to do that yeah. against the rest of the teams in the AFC that we're talking about. And that's, that's my concern. A very compelling point. Let's turn now to the fourth seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Jackson will keep it. He's got room. He's at the 30. It's a leg race. 40. Lamar Jackson midfield and going 40. One man to beat 30. He's to the 20. 10, 5, touchdown with a tumble. Gentlemen, they are 7-4. and four. They enter week 13 on the heels of a bad loss in week 12 to the Jacksonville Jags. They are the best team I know of that refuses to prove it. They are currently the leaders of the AFC North. Mikey M., why will they remain the leaders of the AFC North and win that division? Okay, you have Lamar Jackson. That's a win for you. You got a defense that can ball out. David Carr said this on game day kickoff on Monday, which I thought was fascinating. He thought that Lamar... At times, he wonders how the contract is actually playing into his play. 
I think there's, which I hadn't heard, because I think when you get out there, and I'm Rob, you could speak to this because you did it. When you get out there, I don't know if you're thinking about some of those things, but this team, their schedule lines up really nicely. In fact, only one team remaining on their schedule that sits above 500, that's Week 18, Cincinnati, that could decide this division. The biggest thing for this team, though, is, and not to jump ahead, but I'm just loving up the fact that Jonathan Bassey got me this information right on time as we talked about this Ravens team. They have three losses of a blown lead of nine plus points in the fourth quarter that's tied for the most by any team in a single season in NFL history it is well chronicled this team not being able to close out and to me that's the biggest concern sorry I double answered that that, that's that's the concern yeah that's the concern and at the end of the day when we think about the Baltimore Ravens team and Lamar Jackson and this offense especially you think big physical run the football when when I hear that stat they, they they lost three leads that were at least nine nine points or more and I'm thinking what team are we talking about the Baltimore Ravens yeah exactly this team is built for four minute offense yeah they this are team control is the clock keep control the other team the clock. off what? the field all these damn keep tight lead, ends keep a lead keep a lead TOP yeah. time of possession they, they, they're built for that so what's happening like what's happening that's why I'm. That's why I have a level of concern with, with the Baltimore Ravens, and it seems like the same rhythm with this offense and Lamar Jackson. And the reason why I say Lamar Jackson because he's the quarterback, and I'm not just putting this all on him. I think Greg Roman plays a part in this. I think the fact that you know uh, the general manager doesn't have much speed on the outside for him plays a part in this. But think about it: this team and this offense um, uses a bunch of tight ends and big people because they run the football. They're one of the top running, running rushing teams in the league, right? So where's the space? Rashad Bateman was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be that speed guy on the outside. They got Deshaun Jackson in in here, but Deshaun Jackson's in what year, 12 or 13? He's not going to practice every single week. He's not going to probably not even be available every single week. And honestly, does he know the entire playbook? At this particular at this particular time and the speed I'm talking about, you need clear out guys, i.e. at the end of the day. Why did Deshaun Jackson leave the Rams? Because he didn't want to be a damn clear out guy. I just think the Baltimore Ravens have some real issues. Defensively, they play great in spots, but I haven't seen them play 60 minutes of great football. They can get after the quarterback in spots. They can defend in spots. But earlier this season, it was very concerning to me to see Tyreek Hill, one of the most explosive, t- explosive uh, wide receivers in all of football, running butt naked wide open behind this Baltimore Ravens defense. I don't care who you are. That guy has to have somebody on him. But to see that mistake is alarming to me, especially with the veteran presence that they they have on the back end. I think the Baltimore Ravens in, are in trouble. If you watch John, uh, Coach Harbaugh's uh, demeanor on the sidelines, we're used to seeing him calm and collected. I see him a little bit more anxious now than we've seen him in, in, in years past. He needs to get a hold uh, back a hold of this team. I don't know if the contract is playing a, a, a issue in Lamar Jackson's play, but there's a rhythm to how they play. There's a way to how they play. If they lose on first or second down, the third down is some type of three-step shotgun play where Lamar Jackson holds on to it a little bit too long, then he plays backyard football, yeah. and then he just makes a play and becomes that special person. That ain't winning football, not championship winning football in this league. Translation, Michael Robinson has two numbers for Ravens Nation to think about. Those are the two numbers that he is worried about. And no, it's not number eight, Lamar Jackson, nor is it the contract number that he will inevitably earn. The numbers are 60 and 45. Ravens need to remind themselves that it is a 60-minute game, not a 45-minute game. Next up for the Ravens, a get-right game, potentially against the Broncos. Next up for us, the AFC 5-seed. Fires a deep one downfield, looking for Gabe Davis. Makes the catch at midfield. He's going to sail into the end zone. Touchdown! Holy mackerel, 98 yards! Holy mackerel! Here we go, Michael Robinson, your Buffalo Bills. 
They are eight and three. And yes, they have taken a few good punches in recent rounds, but they remain on their feet, having just beaten the Never Say Die Lions on Thanksgiving Day. Next up for the Bills, haha, the Patriots. Michael Robinson, why will they win that game and catch the Dolphins and win the AFC East? I believe this is one of the top rosters in all of football. And I think the depth uh, from the secondary, the depth on the defensive front, um, the depth along the offensive line this year has shown that, has proven that, right? I don't think this secondary, this Buffalo Bills secondary has been healthy all season, and they still turned out one of the top defenses in the National Football League. Uh, that's number one. Number two, Josh Allen, he, he, he's one of those guys. Um, and I believe that he's made the jump from maturity level to be able to take what the defense gives him. Now, what we've seen in the last, you know, uh, over the last month of the season is some rocky moments. All uh, right. We've seen some rocky moments from the Buffalo Bills, but they still managed to get wins during those rocky moments. And when you look at every championship team, there's three or four games where they're like, man, we probably should have lost those games, but we won them. And that's why we're here, you know, with an opportunity for a world championship. All those reasons, I think, is the reason why I think the Buffalo Bills will, you know, be the number one seed in the AFC. I think they're going to uh, host the playoff games and beat the Kansas City Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. I think that's all in the cards. But Something I've seen concerning on film. I see my guy Josh Allen. I hope he's listening. I know he's listening. He listens to almost everything I'm, I speak on. Right? <laughs> You're leaving the pocket too early, bro. I'm going to talk about it on, uh, you know, when I do Thursday Night Football this, this week. But you're leaving the pocket too early and you're forcing bad blocks from your offensive linemen. Okay, your, your, your receivers don't don't always know where the launch point, where the ball is coming out, when they come out of their breaks because you're, you're leaving the pocket a little bit too early. You fix that. I think this offense goes back into being unstoppable. And Devin Singletary, run the football with him. That's all I got him. Uh, that's right. You heard it here, Josh Allen. We used to call that happy feet. Michael Robinson says you're too talented for happy feet. Stop dancing. Stay in the pocket. Do your thing. Michael Yam, I'm sorry to keep casting you in the role of villain, but here we go. You're the villain today. Why will... The Buffalo Bills succumb to the age-old Bills narrative of not quite good enough to get it done yet again. So I will say there's three things that stand out to me on this team, and this is not a cop-out because I know we'll do NFC tomorrow. (laughs) There are two teams in the league that are in this playoff conversation where health is a real issue. I think it's the Bills, and I think it's the 49ers. You can make an argument what keeps any of these teams out. You could say health. But I, I really do think that there's a real argument for both of these teams. And Rob just said it. They've been the walking wounded on defense. Yep. Bring in Von Miller to be the difference maker to help this team understand what it takes to get over the hump. His health moving forward, I think, is a little bit of, of an issue. And then he just talked about Josh Allen. We're talking about a red zone interception, at least one, in four out of the last five games. And, and Thanksgiving, I don't think is totally his fault. But nonetheless, it still happens. So... To me, it's health, it's the Von Miller factor, and then it's Josh Allen in a critical moment. I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you're asking me to be the bad guy here, I'll say that's a little bit of a concern. Michael, I want to turn now to somebody who you interviewed earlier today. Yeah. A young man who struggled a little bit with health concerns earlier in the season. We are so glad that he is back in the lineup and feeling healthy. He is a difference maker in that Bills secondary. He is, of course, Bills safety Jordan Poyer. Here we go. Fourth and goal from the two. Snap. Jackson going to throw. Takes a look. Pocket collapsing. Drops back. Throws it towards the end zone. It is intercepted in the end zone. Picked off in the end zone. Jordan Poyer stepped in front of that pass. Picked off in the end zone by the Bills veteran safety, Jordan Poyer. How about that one? If you could only choose one of the questions that you had for Jordan, what would it have been? 
I'll do you one better. Since you're going to hear the entire interview, I'll tell you about a conversation I had with him before we started. Oh, I love this. I love this. I I, I didn't like my question (laughs) anyway. Yours is better. Go, go, go. Because honestly, he was, he really was terrific. I'm not just saying it because he was a guest on our show. Like legitimately, since I've been in NFL Network, one of my favorite interviews that we've had. In fact, one of the other ones was his teammate, Stephon Diggs, who we had a couple weeks ago and also uh, another great dude. But I had said to him, hey man, like you're coming off of a Thanksgiving whim. And knowing that I got to see every snap of his uh, senior campaign at Oregon, Oregon State, State. my previous job, that team was down 31-10 to in the third quarter against the rival Ducks. We had some moments, like that game, they used to call it the Civil War. We're not supposed to call it that, but they haven't given us a new rivalry name, so we're just going to roll with it at this point. (laughs) But he had said to me, hey, he's like, hey, it's one of the few times I actually got to watch an entire football game. He said, my brother was over. Don't tell me he gave up. His brother pieced out in the third quarter because it was 31-10. And he did say, I was like, oh, dude, your brother left at the wrong time. He goes, no, no, no. But to be fair, he shot me a text when he was, you know, on the car ride home and said, hey, I still feel pretty good about our squad. Maybe we make a run. Sure enough, they did. Got it done on the defensive side. Down 31-10 in the third quarter. Down 31-17 in the early fourth. And yet still beat their rival. Ducks aren't able to go to a Pac-12 championship game. USC, all of a sudden, who's in that playoff talk, gets Utah. There's a lot of, like, not to make this a college football playoff <laughs> conversation, wow. but the point is really, really cool to see some of those human moments from Jordan Poyer. That's a great setup. Here we go, Mikey M. The mic is yours. Joined now by Buffalo All-Pro Safety Jordan Poyer, who is with us now. All right, I got to imagine emotional couple days here for you. Your, your team comes back on Thanksgiving, 23 seconds left, but you take me through the, the roller coaster. Are you more emotional on a Thanksgiving win or watching your beeves? Down 31-10 late in the third quarter, pull it out against the Ducks. Man, what a roller coaster of a weekend, like you said. Golly, you know, we put off the win uh, Thanksgiving, which was awesome. But then I got to come home. Uh, finally got to watch a full game of my college play this year. And, I mean, what a what a, what an awesome, awesome win for the Bees, man. I was so excited for, for them and Coach Smith and some of the players that I'm I'm still talking to over there and some of the some of the old to the coaches that are there. You know, shout out to Coach Bray. He just got another contract extension out there. So really happy for those guys. It was awesome to see. All right, I'll let you flex a little bit because, uh, you know, obviously I, I know the uniform that you used to rock here. But take me on to the, the sidelines. I see Bills in the background there. This has been a terrific season for you guys. But the injury bug has sort of caught this team throughout the course of the season, including yourself. Von Miller, latest victim from that regard. How does his absence now affect what you guys do defensively? Yeah, man, it's, it's tough to replace a guy like Von Miller. Uh, you can't replace a guy like Von Miller, um, you know, Hall of Fame player, just a guy who just brings so much to this team, so much energy, so much leadership. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of injuries around the league, you know, and that's just kind of, that's the nature of the business. You know, we've, we've dealt with a lot of injuries this year. A lot of teams have dealt with a lot of injuries this year, and it's tough. And, and that's part of the game. That's part of the season. And you just got to have to learn how to roll with the punches and continue to move forward and, and try to, you know, try to win games. And so, like I said, you can't replace a guy like Von Miller, but we do have some other guys on this football team that can step up and make plays for us and help us win football games. You know, Jordan, there was so much preseason hype around this team, talking about the Super Bowl, deep run in the postseason, and alike here. There's obviously been some ups and downs. I feel like things have steadied a little bit, but how do you guys manage that inside the locker room? Yeah, I mean, you can't really pay attention to any of that, cause, and, and it's easier said than done, I know, but at the same time, you know, we've really instilled in this culture here of just taking one day at a time, one week at a time, one game at a time, um, because that's really all you can look forward to. You know, we can't control um, anything other than, you know, how we practice today, how we come tomorrow to our walkthrough and then obviously handling our business on on uh, our, on Thursday, I guess since we're playing a weird week, playing on Thursday. So, uh, 
you know, all that, all that stuff, you know, the Super Bowl playoffs, you, it's not going to get there. You're not going to be there unless, you know, you take, you, you handle this week, this business right here. So uh, we got a lot of older guys in the locker room, a lot of great leaders in this locker room that allow, you know, you know, try to lead the way for the young guys and, you know, understanding it's a long season. You can't look ahead. You can't look back. And really that's, that's, that's the, that's the season, man. You're going to handle the highs, handle the lows. And really it's, uh, uh, something Sean told me one time, which is pretty interesting. He said, you know, sometimes it's never the best team um, that wins the Super Bowl. And it's a team that can stay together the longest, that can go through the ups and downs of the adversity. Cause every team goes through adversity throughout a season, throughout a game, throughout a week. And, you know, how you handle those adversities, how you handle those challenges ultimately affects, you know, your season down the line. You know, it's kind of cool because I'm hearing the cohesiveness already in your voice. And then Stefan Diggs was with us, what, two weeks ago. And he was saying basically the same exact thing. So the messaging, all you guys are feeling it, offense and defense as well. You say one game at a time. And you're right, Thursday, you guys do have a game here. We get confused <laughs> on the days of the week. I'm with you. I couldn't help but notice the injury report said illness for a slew of players here. How is that affecting prep for the Patriots? Yeah, it was kind of weird. You know, once we got back from Detroit, it seemed like there was a bug going around. Everybody kind of getting sick, had little aches and chills here and there. I actually had it on play Thursday, Friday. I had it Saturday and Sunday, and uh, it sucked. But, you know, I got over it. Um, it's just that time of year, you know, just really having to, you know, watch what you what you know, traveling all the time, family coming in and out, Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, you know, it was tough throughout the week, but we figured it out. And, and you know, we're excited to play on Thursday. We're, we're ready to play a division rival. Um, you know, it's going to be one of those, you know, legendary you know, bloodbath type of games, yeah. you know, bloody noses, bloody knuckles. It's just, it's just one of those type of games, man. Well, all right, right now, in terms of the playoff position, you guys currently a fifth seed, but clearly a ton of football still to be played, razor-thin margins, an opportunity to get a one seed. Does it feel like all of these games are, are must-wins so that you get home fields in the postseason? <laughs> like I said, man, it, you know, it's it's hard to, to, to sit here and say, yes, all these games are must-wins because – you know, you want to win all of them. And, you know, in order to win all of them, you got to win this one. And so, um, you know, I don't want to be cliche or I don't want to be boring about it, but, you know, none of that's going to happen unless we, we don't take care of this one right here. You know what I'm saying? And this is, this is just as big as, as any other game that we've had all season long, just because it's the next game that we, that we're playing. And so, like I said, we're excited about the opportunity to come out um, on the road, division rival, Thursday night football, everybody's watching. Um, so it's going to be it'll be a fun experience. Well, I know Bill's Mafia will be watching. You guys have one of the loyal fan bases in the NFL. What's your best Bill's Mafia story? And please keep in mind national television oh. here. So the stories need to be at least a little PG. <laughs> um, man, my best Bill's Mafia story. It was awesome to see, honestly, the amount of Bill's like fans, neighbors that helped all the players get out of the snow yeah. when we had the snowstorm. Um, I've never been stuck in the snow before. I actually hated it because <laughs> I don't like shoveling snow. I don't like being cold. And But I had a whole, I had a whole neighborhood of people come and help me get to my truck, shovel snow out of my driveway. And then I get to the facility and everybody else is talking about all the neighbors helping them get out. And so, I mean, it's really just you know, the fan base is, it is what it is, but, you know, you can't say enough about the people out here, the neighbor, the, the neighborhood people out here. Um, everybody's just looking after each other. It was really cool. I'm sure I got a lot of crazy other Bills ones, but, I, you know, like you said, this is national television, <laughs> so I got to keep it a little PG. But they, these mafias, they, they, get, they get pretty rowdy out here on, on game day. Now. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And by the way, Jordan, just for clarification purposes, that was how I made my extra coin back in the day when I was a kid. You know, there's a, the, a neighbor's got like, you know, the, you give them 10, 20 bucks. Inflation is probably more than that. But they shovel your drive. 
driveway for you. You're not, you're not even paying. You got Bill's Mafia rolling up to the I crib. I had Bill's Mafia yeah. out helping me out, man. I leave. I absolutely love it. Hey, Jordan, get ready, man, for Thursday night. Like you said, all of us will be watching. And more importantly, stay healthy this season. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, thank you, Mikey M. Thank you, Jordan Poyer. We have two teams to go in the AFC. We're on the clock. Here we are with the sixth seed, the don't forget about us Cincinnati Bengals. Joe catches the shotgun snap, fakes the P-line, floats it toward the end zone, and Higgins, he's got it! Touchdown! Bengals! They are 7-4. and They are the winners of three straight games. Last time out, they beat that third seed Tennessee Titans team. They are level on record with the AFC North leading Ravens, but they certainly have the edge in terms of momentum. Mike Yam, let's give you something positive sure. to talk about. Why will this team do what they did last year, wow. shock the world, prove it when it matters most, and make yet another run to the Super Bowl? A lot of reasons. Number one, playing well at the right time of the season. That Week 18 matchup against Baltimore could decide that division. For as much as we can talk about the Ravens' schedule being, quote, light, 
one of those light games was what we just saw in Week 12, and they lost that game yep. against the Jags. So clearly no gimme games here. So playing well at the right time, getting healthy at the right time. Jamar Chase, Ian Rappaport, was with us the other day on total or on game day kickoff and said Chase will be ready to go. This offense has been able to weather the storm without him. And look, do I anticipate Joe Mixon missing the rest of the season? No. Samaji Piran, though, has played well in yes, his absence. Did. So I think there's so many reasons of optimism. The fact that Joe Burrow, for the most part, hasn't been laying on the ground. It seems like every other play. Which was the narrative of 2021. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's, look, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team, but if they got there, I don't know if we'd be shocked about it. Not a bad case. Michael, I'm going to make you the villain this time, <laughs> Michael Robinson. Why will the Cincinnati Bengals fail to even make a dent in this year's playoffs? You know, um, I can't sit here and say it's anything that they're doing. I just think that they're in the wrong division. They're in the wrong conference, man. Yep. They're in a conference with some heavyweights, with some quarterbacks that I just think got better rosters, and just I don't. I just think are better. And that's just sometimes. That's just the reality of it. And yes, can a broken clock be right twice a day? Yes, we saw last year the Cincinnati Bengals hit, hit, hit it, and, and went to the Super Bowl. Ten and seven in the regular season, <laughs> and we saying. saw them across the street in the Super Bowl. But they remind me of a. They remind me of like like if you if you have a race of cars, right? And at the beginning of that race, right, they're going 80. Everybody else starts off at 100, right? And then as we go through our adversity throughout the season, those cars slow down like every other car slows down, right? Because you go through the long season, and by the end of the season, that car is going 60 miles an hour. The Bengals still going 78 miles an hour. They just stay calm and steady the entire time. And to me, it's embodied in their quarterback, man, like Joe Burrow. Every single week, right, just as the season goes on, he just keeps saying, season's young, guys. Just watch how we look at the end of the season. He's been saying the same thing every single week. You know, Joe Burrow, like, I'm the dude who's driving 10 and 2 at the speed limit. <laughs> Joe Burrow is the dude who's got one, got his left yeah. hand at the top of the wheels, got his arm around on the, on the convertible around that side seat with the cigar hanging out of his mouth, just going, yo, it's going to be all good. We're going to be good, yep, bro. 100%. And I think this team is starting to play like it. And if they, and if they, if they can play bully ball like we saw them play this past week, they ran the ball for 108 yards. Those double teams are hitting their combinations. So play action football kind of. Opened up, yeah, they, they, they're going to they're gonna do some damage in it. But in summary, Michael Robinson's concerns for the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals is simple and it is compelling. You just picked the wrong year to play in the AFC. And finally, the AFC seventh seed, Gang Green, now cloaked in white, Mike White. <laughs> Mike White under center, looks over the middle, throws one, it is caught by Garrett Wilson at the 35-yard line. Makes a man miss at the 30, splits right to the 20, to the 15, 10. Why will Robert Sala's boys continue to punch above their weight class and remain in the playoff picture when the regular season ends? Mike Yam. Number one, you were laughing at my car joke because I think you can picture me white-knuckling at 10 and 2 driving the speed limit. Wearing a small. (laughs) Extra small just to flex. Uh, This is a premier defense in the NFL. They're as good as they come. And now all of a sudden, signs of life. You know, you, once again, the NFC show is tomorrow, but... You've seen this firsthand as a Washington fan, Andrew. The difference and the mindset. I can't tell you, you know, there's this old phrase, right? Like, hey, that dude's got the it factor. I don't know what it is, but he's got it. Same deal with with Heineke in Washington. I I saw it with the Jets. I don't have insider information. I'm not Ian or Garofolo or Pelissero who could tell you what those guys are saying inside that locker room. What I can tell you is from a fan's perspective, as I'm flipping around or watching Red Zone on Sundays, 
it looks and feels different. The fact that that offense executed with the same dudes that Zach Wilson has had. He did more, Mike White did more in the first half than what Zach Wilson was doing yardage-wise in most of the games this season. That's a problem. And I think guys gravitate towards certain personalities. And Rob, you, you played the position. You know, like, there's something about connecting with different dudes. And I'm not, I, like I said, I don't know what's happening there. But reading between the lines, I think Zach Wilson's inability to connect with guys around him is part of the reason why he's not having success. And 90% why, right? of the job is public relations. You got to be able to get along with everybody. You got to be able to prevent little fires from different little clicks on teams and stuff like that. That is the quarterback. I remember Aaron Rodgers said something a few years ago. He said, man, the quarterback knows everything about the building. Everything. We know everything was going on, all the ins and outs, all the secrets, all, everything about the building. And to me, to see the, the team celebrate with Mike White like that, I, I haven't talked to Robert Sala. I would love to have a conversation with him, but I would be like, bruh, you got to play Mike White. Your team is telling you who to play, who your starting quarterback is. And at the end of the day, if I'm Zach Wilson, I'd be a little nervous because uh, that leadership gene, in my opinion, is nothing you develop. You got it or you don't. I don't think this guy has it. Okay, Michael Robinson, why will the Jets trip up and rip up the still beating hearts of Jets Nation before the playoffs even begin? Because as much as we talked about the quarterback position and Mike White taking over and those things, at the end of the day, I think teams want to be made right on their draft picks, and I think they're going to give Zach Wilson a chance before the end of the season. And to me, that is going to be the nail in the coffin for the Jets this season. Do you agree? You're nodding. The problem that I see is if it's not the Jets, then who, right? So in the hunt right now, Patriots, How about the Patriots? Chargers, and they have the head-to-head with them. I- How about the Chargers get out of their own way, prove that they're actually the <laughs> so, team that we see on paper? How about the Patriots prove funny you that they the are what we team. think and probably mm-hmm. have a sense that they are one of the best defenses in the NFL yeah. with a game manager who can just get you over the line when it matters? Yeah. Uh, How about the there. Patriots or the Chargers? Is there um, anyone else? Well, I actually like the Chargers, unlike uh, the person sitting there. Man, yeah. look. So, but I ain't <laughs> talking about them, Joe. No, we ain't buying man. We had, we had the power record. It's record. hard to buy it's, it. It is, but... I think I just salivate sometimes over the talent that's there and an inability of this team to stay healthy. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, those dudes barely have been on the field together this season. So I think there's the lore of what could be with that team. But we were leaving the, our, our meeting this morning and we just, the power rankings, I think. Yeah, they were 12. Had, I'm 12. And I was like, Emra, man, they're back at 500. Here we go. Upswing. Upswing for them. Like, but you're not. On, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm look, you. Justin Herbert, I think they're ruining this kid's ability right now by not. By, I don't know what it is, man. It's just, look, Staley's supposed to be a defensive guy, but they can't stop nobody running the football. Like, at least be good at what you're good at, what you're supposed to, what you got the job at. I just, I don't know, man. The charge, like MJD always saying, the Chargers, they're going to do what the Chargers do. Charge. That's the ultimate indignation and the ultimate condemnation of the Jets is that we can't even get through a Jets conversation without bringing in another team. Translation, I'm sorry, New York Jets, you're a better story than you are a team. Maybe next year, but you have six more weeks to prove us wrong. Go do it. We'll be rooting for you when you do. I want to thank the Mikes, Michael Robinson and Mike Yam, the co-hosts of the NFL Explained podcast Make a note. Listen to it. It is well worth your time. Join us tomorrow for the NFC side of the playoff bracket. Till then, ciao for now.
NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.